What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Beer Battered Sports Podcast, the podcast created by sports fans for sports fans because we believe we are the most qualified to talk about our favorite teams. I'm your co-host, Isaac. And I'm Kylie. And I'm 40. And welcome to episode 47, where, as you guys can see, we have a very, very special guest. Joining us is two-time Super Bowl champion Booger McFarland. How are you doing today, Booger? I'm doing outstanding, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies to anybody who's tuning in. We were a little late getting on. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but it wouldn't be an episode of the show without some technical difficulties. Seriously, every (laughs) time. So Booger's joining us for the first 30 minutes of the show today. So we're going to start off the show. And before we begin, Booger, I just want to say this. I have to ask this question because I've always wondered this. Where did the name Booger come from? I, I genuinely need to know that before we can talk about anything else. So my mom gave me the nickname when I was like two. Uh, I'm a middle child. I got a younger brother and older sister. And like all siblings, you know, the older ones tease the younger ones. And my older sister would tease me a lot uh, about that name because that was probably one of the ones that my mom called me that she could say without getting in trouble. And so she <laughs> she would say it around other friends and they would kind of pick up on it and it kind of made me upset. And so typically what happens when, you know, kids get upset, people continue to do those things, especially teasing kids. And I just kept getting teased and teased and before I know it, no pun intended, it kind of stuck. <laughs> All right, simple as that, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, who do you have a Super Bowl prediction yet? Uh, not really. flat, just like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she came out at the gate rolling. Um, <laughs> not, not really. Um, I'll give you this. I think the final four teams, excuse me, will be these four. I think it'll be Dallas and Philadelphia, and I think it'll be Cincinnati and Buffalo. I I, I think those will be the final four teams. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Booger, I promise you. I told somebody yesterday. I said, "Don't be surprised if Cincinnati sneaks in that playoff. They'll be back in that AFC Championship." Yeah, you know what, man? Uh, listen, it, it, and, and people will say, well, what about Kansas City? What about San Francisco? And those two teams could easily be in there. Um, here we are, mid-December, trying to figure it out. I think those teams will be in the mix. Um, I think Cincinnati's starting to play well at the right time. Uh, Kansas City, Mahomes threw three interceptions last week. The defense didn't look good. Uh, they, they, they're not playing their best football right now. Now, with that being said, there's still time. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, some issues going on in Buffalo. Uh, but I, I do think Buffalo and Josh Allen are on a mission. And I know we all want to jump on the Brock Purdy bandwagon. He's played well <laughs> so far through a game and a half. But I do think that there's there's a reason. And I think it's only one, and that was Roethlisberger. I think there's only one rookie that's ever taken a team to a Super Bowl. And maybe he wasn't a rookie. Maybe he was in the second year. I can't remember. But usually rookies don't take teams to the Super Bowl at that quarterback position. So that's the reason why I didn't put San Francisco in the Final Four. I think that's right. Yeah, it was Roethlisberger's second year he got to the Super Bowl. So it's true. I know Kylie wants to ask this, but I'll ask it to Steeler Thunder because she was – before we got on the show, she was talking about this. She was so curious. She wants to know who your pick for MVP is. And I will warn you, if it's not a certain player, (laughs) Kylie's going to log off. (laughs) <laughs> well, based on the uh, based on what she's wearing, which looks like an eagle, I'm assuming she yeah. is a uh, Philadelphia Eagle fan. And and you know what? I'm not going to disappoint her. I, I think Jalen Hurts should be the MVP. I think he's played remarkably well. 
If you go back to that playoff game against the Bucks, remember, down in Tampa last year, if you go back from that game to where he is now, he doesn't even look like the same player. Like, it's unreal, and he's playing at a super high level. They got a really good team. And for everyone that says, like, I, I think Michael Parsons has some comment about, well, is it Hurts or is it the team? Well, as always, it's a combination of both. But the quarterback is going to get all the credit because he's the guy that touches the football every single time. And Jalen Hurts is playing at an extremely high level. And if the voting ended today, he should be the MVP. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have to agree. I, I, as much yeah. as I would like it to be my boy Mahomes, it's got to be Hurts. He's, he's, he's been that guy I, this year. I have to say, though, I absolutely respect that 100%. And I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Commanders fan, unfortunately, but fortunately. I'm you know, sorry. I'm sorry for that for you. Maybe I, I think we all need to say a moment of prayer for you being a Commanders <laughs> fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. One day. We're coming, you know. But, uh, no, nah, I, respect, I respect the league. I respect the league as a whole. And what I have to say about that is, like you said, Jalen Hurts is playing at a great, great high level right now. Right. And he looks good and everything. But why is this such a quarterback given award? Because look at all of everybody else that's around the league going off right, right now. You got Tyreek Hill, you got Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has had multiple 200, 200 yard games this year. You know, um, you got guys like even Josh Jacobs, you know, he's having right. a yep. quite good year over there in, 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 in Las Vegas. So you got guys that are doing all these things and, and putting on these great shows and great things and have great stats and stuff like that. But everybody just looks at the quarterback for this award at the end of the year. And why is that? Well, it, it's the most prominent position in football. Um, their face is on the camera just about every play because they touch the ball every single play. And usually if you don't have one, you can't win. So while I, I agree with you, uh, there should be other people in the conversation. You know, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. What about Michael Parsons? There have been years where Aaron Donald should have been, should have been the MVP. But that's kind of why they created other awards um, for those guys because this is essentially a quarterback award unless you find somebody that is, I mean, just absolutely unreal because the quarterbacks touch the ball and they do so many things for your team. And because if you don't have one, you can't win, usually they're going to get the award. It's kind of yeah, the same situation they have with the Heisman Trophy over in college. If it's it's exactly, and with that one, I think there's there's precedent where back in the day it was it's either a quarterback, a running back, or a dual threat player. Right. So seeing guys like Devontae Smith win it as a receiver, that's like that's like once in like every fifteen years. You're not mm-hmm. going to see that. Same thing yeah. with the NFL MVP. So. Booger, you were part of my all-time favorite team and my boys growing up, the 2002 Peter Power Bucks, who I still will say, I will go to the grave saying they were the best defense ever. Um, I'm from Tampa, so I'm a big, you know, I've always been a big Bucks fan. You were part of that 2002 Bucks team. What was that experience like playing with some of those guys like, uh, you know, Sap, Brooks, Barber, John Lynch? What was it like being with so many incredible players on that roster? It was unreal, man, because you gotta you gotta remember. So that was my um that was my third year. I think what two that was no, that was my fourth year. So so for me to be a part of that group, um, I'm still young in the league and I and I'm still trying to figure out kind of what where I belong. And these guys have been grinding for a long time. Sap and Brooks got drafted in nineteen ninety five, man. Like they've been grinding. 
And here we are in 2002, and finally we get a defense that's, that's lights out, and our offense is, is starting to come around. Uh, we, we trade for John Gruden, and he's got this, this high-powered offense, that, this West Coast system, and we think we have a chance. And that's all we ever asked for, man, was a chance, because we knew if we had an offense that could get us 17 points, nobody was beating us. And if you go back and look at that season, I mean, there were several games teams didn't get 10 points. It was an unreal feeling, man, just because to see those guys, and for me, I always look at it this way, to see guys who came in and sap and Brooks and paired with John Lynch finally get over the hump after all the work I saw them put in, it was a gratifying feeling. And, and I truly believe this. I think football is the best teacher of life that I know of. And maybe it's because of the only sport that that's the only sport I play, but it teaches you so much about life, man. It took them seven years uh, to get to where we finally got to in 2002. And for somebody to keep putting all your time and your effort and your energy into something for year after year after year, and then finally break through, man, that's perseverance. And, and, and I still use that example of life today, man. Perseverance. It may not happen year one or year two, but it, does, it doesn't mean it's never going to happen. You got to keep going and keep grinding. And it's something I tell my kids and, and, and family members today about perseverance and about grinding, man. I love that. I just want to really say, it. as the resident Eagles fan on this podcast, I'm still upset about that 2002 conference championship where we got the last game at the vet and it was a loss. <laughs> Not only, hey, take this out, Kyle. Think about this. Not only did we shut the vet down, we opened up the link 17 nothing the following year. How they about did. that? They did. <laughs> they did. I he hasn't that. let me forget any of it. He... <laughs> I, I refuse yeah. to let her forget that because I was so growing up, I was very young at this time, so I don't really remember it that well. But as I got right. older, uh, I started to understand why my parents despised Philadelphia so much because <laughs> every year the Bucks would make the playoffs. Who did they have to play? Who knocked them out every year? The Eagles, you know? So it took a very long time for me as a fan to finally start being like, all right, I, I can respect the Eagles because it all, I always thought back to the early 2000s and how like, wow, we just can't get past them. Couldn't get past them, man. It took us, it took us forever, man. And you remember, everyone said we couldn't play in, in, in weather where it was below 40 degrees. And I'll never forget that day um, in Philadelphia. It was like – one o'clock. I think the game kicked off at like five thirty or something. But anyway, it was like one o'clock when we head to the stadium, and it's like thirty-eight degrees with the sun out. So you know, by the time we get to game time, it's going to be well below forty degrees. And we all just said, you know what? Wouldn't it be fitting to get it done now? We can go to the Super Bowl. We can kill this forty-degree um, jinx or whatever they talked about, it, and let's just do it all. And it's going to be the last game at, at Veterans Stadium. So why not do it all in one fell swoop? And I'll never forget. Donovan McNabb is a, a crafty quarterback, and obviously he's played us so many times. Like, we played McNabb. I think our, McNabb's first game against uh, – I think his first or second game in the NFL was against us. So we had seen him so many times, and he thought he saw something. Um, and Rondy kind of baited him in. He threw the interceptions, and, 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 and at that point we knew uh, we were on our way to San Diego. Oh, Yeah. Now That's you had so much pain. <laughs> now you had um when you came into the league, you originally were playing for the Bucks when Tony Dungy was there, and mm -hmm. towards the end of your career, you were at Tony Dungy's Colts. What were 
were there any differences playing um, for those two teams with Dungey at the helm? Because I know he was a very defensive-minded coach and kind of brought on the same systems that he had at Tampa at Indianapolis. So I'm curious what the experience was like. It was totally different because in Tampa, man, we played to our defense. We didn't take a ton of risk. Uh, our philosophy, every drive ends in a kick. We did that over and over and over. When I got to Indy, man, it was an offensive explosion. Peyton Manning ran every practice. Tony Dungy was like uh, – was trying to make the – he coached the – he still coached the defense hard, but you could tell this was an offensively-centric team, and we needed to be because we had uh, Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer, um, Reggie Wayne should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, we had so yes. many guys that were really, really good, and our offense was unstoppable. Like, we were scoring 30, 40 points, and people in, people in Indy looked at me like, I was just – I was the happiest guy ever. They were like, man, why are you so happy? I said, dude, you guys have scored more points in two games than I scored the entire last six weeks because I got <laughs> traded to, I got traded from Tampa to Indy. So we were 1-4 or 0-5 when I got traded. And we had scored probably, I don't know, literally like 50 points. We scored like 44 points the first game I got up. And I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, is this what life is about? I said, we will never lose. <laughs> so, they, they, so they all they all laughed at me. You know, but, but, but Tony did change, and he kind of played our team. We still were physical. We still, uh, you know, hustled and did all those things. But you could tell we had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Easily my favorite quarterback. Um, what, when you got traded, what is, like, a trade like? How does that kind of go down? from a player's perspective? So I, I'll tell you this. It, it's kind of funny because the trade deadline always happens on a Tuesday because the players day off. Right. So it's Tuesday. Um, it's probably, I don't know, 4 o'clock. Actually, I take it back. It was like 3 o'clock on a Tuesday. I get, I get a phone call, and it was the Bucks general manager, and he simply said this. I'll never forget the words. He said, Anthony, he said, the coach called, and they wanted you. And I was like, okay, well, what, what exactly does that mean? I said, because I want a million dollars right now, but I don't have it. So what is that? <laughs> and he said, well, you know, they offered us a, a second round pick. And, you know, based on where we are and, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and make the deal. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to go. And, um, you know, it's a winning team, yada, yada, yada. And I'm, I, I hung the phone up. And you got to remember, everyone pays attention to the football aspect of it. But there's a life aspect of it, too. Right. So now when, when I hang that phone up, I'm like, uh, okay. Like, now what do I do? Because I, I got to pack a bag because, like, 20 minutes later, the coach called and was like, hey, we executed the trade. We already booked your flight. The flight leaves Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. So now it's probably almost 4.30, 5 o'clock, and I got a flight to leave uh, Wednesday going to Indianapolis at 10 a.m. Well, you know, I talked to them for a minute – you know, I kind of started mentally getting prepared. So I got to go back to the Bucks facility and clean my locker out because I got personal items in my locker. So I go over there late that night, probably like 7, 30, 8 o'clock, clean my locker out. The coaches were in there. You know, they come in with the sad story and everybody's, you know, we hate to see you go. But it's a business, though. So that's what you got to understand. So I walked out of the Bucks facility at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And I had no idea what to expect. Uh, the next morning because I board a flight and, and you guys are going to feel uh, probably have never heard of this airline back then air tran. Was, oh, was, oh, air tran. <laughs> exactly. I remember that. Air them. tran 
Air Trend was the only airline that went direct from Tampa to Indy. So I was on Air Trend and I boarded that flight at 10 a.m. And I had no idea what to expect. And so for two and a half hours, I was on a plane scared to death because here I was. I was 20. What was I? 27, 28 years old. And I never really left the South. So I'm headed to the Midwest. It's going to be cold as hell. Bug don't do cold weather. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what exactly am I getting myself into? But it just goes to show you, man, again, back to the thing that I said about life and football being the greatest teacher in life. I get off that plane and literally I had the greatest two-year run that anyone could have personally and professionally. Personally, I met some great people up there. I grew. I was able to mentor because the coach at that time had a very young defense. I was able to kind of be a big brother to all those guys, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, Bob Sanders. Like all those guys were super young and had never experienced success. And so I was able to kind of help them out as far as in the postseason. Um, and also uh, personally, just meeting so many great people. I had never been to the Midwest before the nicest people I've ever met in my life are from the Midwest. It, it, and it, it, it was unreal. So I got on the plane scared to death, but my two year run up there couldn't have been better. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And um, that's kind of what it's like, man, you get traded and, and you got to figure out um, where you're going, what to do. Once you get up there, you got to figure out where you stand. I'm staying in the hotel uh, for like, you know, two weeks. You know, coming home to a, I, I, I forget the name of the hotel, but you, you're coming home to a hotel um, and you're kind of in, in one room. And so people don't think about all, all they think about is, hey, I pop my TV on and there he is in a new uniform. But there's so much more that goes into that when, once you get traded. By the way, yeah. I just want to quickly point this out because I was curious. The person who uh, the draft pick that the Bucks traded um the, the Savvy Piscatelli. Savvy yeah. Piscatelli. Yeah, the WWE wrestler. Yeah. Is that what he's doing now? Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's either an AEW or WWE, but I was curious. I was like, who did they draft with that trade, that, that pick we got? It's like, oh, we got a WWE guy. Okay. Cool. Either way, he, he wasn't as good as I was. I'll put it that, put it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It, yeah, I mean, as, as a Bucks fan, it's one of those guys who I go, who? Well, I think that, and I don't know. So, so I, I, oh, you, <laughs> go ahead. You, okay, I got a question for you here. I don't care if it was high school, college, NFL. Who is the best guy you've ever played with or played against, talent wise? So, talent wise, the best player that I've ever played with, um, Peyton Manning, because uh, talent. And, and, and most of, you know, oftentimes when we, when we think of talent, we think of physical gifts. Yeah, he had some physical gifts, but his was all from the neck up, man. Like his ability to understand football and offensively uh, what he was trying to get done was unreal. And on top of that, he was he was a really, really good quarterback. Uh, he wasn't fast or whatever, but he had a, a strong arm, played a long time. The best player I ever played against was Larry Allen. Like Larry Allen broke the huddle one time. Uh, with the Cowboys, and he broke the huddle's first play of the game. And I'm like, I'm just in my mind, I'm like, what the hell is that? He's got like snuff or dip or whatever running down the side of his mouth. I'm like, man, we're about to play a football game. What in the hell is that? Like, I can't, there is, there is no way that I'm about to deal with a guy who is about to play a football game and he breaks the huddle and he's got a big chew or a big wad of snuff in his mouth 
And he's going to play a game like, oh, okay, ho-hum. Nah. And guess what? Larry Allen is still, to this day, he may be the greatest offensive guard to ever play the game of football. Larry Allen was a monster. His highlight, there's one highlight of him chasing down a Saints player who got an interception. This dude is like nearly five, like 400 pounds, and he's running he's running faster than any cornerback I've ever seen. Like Larry Absolutely. Allen is a beast. <laughs> so you had a successful collegiate career at LSU. Yep. Was that your dream school from the beginning since you were from the area? I wanted to go to the University of Miami because, A, I'd never been, and, B, when you look at the lineage of great defensive linemen they had, Sapp, Jerome Brown, Russell Maryland, Cortez Kennedy, I mean, all these guys, they were absolutely awesome, and they played the same position I played. But Miami told me I was too small, and I'm like, what? And it's kind of funny because years later, I get to the NFL, and I stand next to Warren Sapp, and I'm like, you're like one inch taller than me, like, but I was too small and you're not. So it's one of those things that um, you think you know what you want, but sometimes, you know, destiny and fate has another way of showing you. Uh, I chose LSU in the end, though, so my mom could come watch me play. It was a two and a half drive, two and a half hour drive from my house. And so she had the opportunity to get in the car and drive and or ride with friends and come watch me play. And it wound up being the best decision ever. <laughs> So I guess you're pretty excited when they won the when they won it all with Joe Burrow. No question. Um, I've been on the sideline for the last two national championships we've won, Joe Burrow, and then actually I take that back, the last three because we we beat Oklahoma, we beat Ohio State, and then we beat um, Clemson. So yeah, I've been on the sideline and watched the last three uh, national championships, and, and and it's been fun because you know Louisiana is. LSU. Now the Saints have come on a little bit lately in the last 10, 12 years, but it's always been all LSU and it still is. I preferred if it was just LSU, but that's just <laughs> I see it. Um, so speaking of being on the sidelines, for the last mm, three or four years, you've worked as an analyst with ESPN. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what led you to joining the network to getting a chance to work in TV. So I started out, man, it, it's kind of, you know, coincidence, I guess. Um, I was doing local radio in Tampa and just, you know, afternoon drive. I'm talking about the Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning. I have no idea what the blue line is and the red line. Somebody asked me about offsides and I'm like, okay, you get, that's a five-yard penalty. They're like, no, nah, there's offsides in hockey. I'm like, okay, I got to learn that. I got to figure that out. <laughs> um, and during commercial break one day, the, uh, a talent scout from ESPN I don't know how he got my number, but he called me and said, hey, we're starting this new venture called SEC Network. We think you'd be perfect for it. I'm like, cool, but I got, I got to get back because I'm on commercial break right now. He's like, yeah, 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 I get it. He's like, we'll call you uh, afterwards uh, after you get off your show. So I called him. Uh, he called me back at like 7 o'clock, come to find out they had been listening via the Internet for like the last two, three weeks. And they're like, okay, this guy here, you know, we think he could be good. So I go to audition. Uh, and I get hired six months later because I had to audition twice. And I got started doing TV with the SEC Network, talking about football. I don't, I don't think anybody was watching. Uh, but I got started there and went from SEC Network to ABC, college football, uh, did a couple games, got the call to do Monday Night Football, um, been in the studio for ABC, been on Monday Night Countdown. So I, I've had the pleasure, man, of doing a lot of different things all revolved around football, talking football. And it all started from a cold call one day uh, during a commercial break as I was doing local radio in Tampa. 
That's so, awesome. Like, Would I mean, you say that like playing has given you so other than of course it's given you, you know, helped give you the knowledge, but like a more unique perspective on being an analyst? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously that, that's the foundation. You know, when someone hires you or hires an analyst, you you they look at you as a an expert in your sport. Uh, but also you have to understand that part of my job is not only to be an expert and have uh, analysis, it's also to entertain. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you can you can get on Google and find any stats you want. My job is not to give you stats and regurgitate a bunch of numbers that I that, that I get off the internet. My job is to is to educate, teach, and entertain. That's where, like ESPN, it's it's an entertainment sports network. That's what it is. And so we have to be able to navigate the analysis while also adding a little bit of levity and a little bit of entertainment also. I think that's what a lot of people seem to forget, adding the entertainment aspect to it. Mm -hmm. So then after college, you get drafted in the first round. What is the process like right after? So you get drafted. I got drafted on a Saturday. Back then, the draft was um, was Saturday, Sunday. I think it was – yeah, it was Saturday, Sunday. So I'm a first-round pick. I get drafted um, in the first round. I got to fly to um, – on Sunday, I got to fly to Tampa. Um, I'll take that back. Monday morning, I got to fly to Tampa. Monday, we have a press conference. And I'm landing in Tampa. I had never, ever, ever in my life seen a palm tree. So as I'm landing, I'm on a Southwest plane from New Orleans, and I turned to the lady next to me, and I was like, what is that? And she's like, what's what? I said, that. She said, that's a palm tree. I'm like, oh, man, never seen one of those before. So you go and, you go and do the press conference. Um, I go back to New Orleans because I'm still in school. I'm still at LSU. So I go back, go to school that week, and then we had a mini camp the following weekend. And that's really the first time you get to put the helmet on and you, and you get coached by the actual Buccaneers coaches. And, you know, the process gets started at that point. But it, it's, a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty fast turnaround, especially for someone who's in school and trying to graduate, which I wound up doing. That's awesome. So, okay, after that, um, I was going to say, so I'm lost. Okay. Uh, Come on, Kyle. What is your <laughs> dude? I don't even know. Um, You're getting starstruck over here. No. I, <laughs> what is your uh, favorite football memory, either college or pro? I'll give you two. College, it was a night we beat Florida in 1997, October. Um, they stormed the field, tore the goalposts down. It was unreal. Uh, pro, pro for me was the night we won the Super Bowl for the Colts. Uh, because if you, it's the only Super Bowl that's ever rained, and this is nothing against the Bucks Super Bowl, but it, it it was different in uh, down in Miami. It rained. Prince performed at halftime. That's right. Um, unreal, and we carried Tony Dungy off, and it it, it was kind of um, full circle for me because Tony had drafted me, and he got fired in Tampa, and so we weren't able to give him his Super Bowl in Tampa. And so for me, him drafting me, then trading for me, and then for us to be able to carry him off the field after we won the Super Bowl was unreal. There's an old saying I like to have I got from my mom. She's like, that team that won the Bucks their Super Bowl, that was Tony's team with a different head coach. So I would agree. It, it, seeing Tony come full circle, 
That's the reason I was a Colts fan in the early 2000s when the Bucks were having struggled. The Colt, I would always turn to the Colts because, like, I mean, they got Tony. They got my old coach. But yeah. I agree. That's a, that's a core football memory for me too. So, Well, we got about one more minute with you, Booger. Um, I got to ask real quick before you leave. Yeah, I'm sorry, ahead. Isaac. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think when you, when you add in his – Longevity, what he's accomplished, the level he's played at, the consistency for so long. Yeah, he's the greatest of all time because you have to factor all those things in. Now, has he had um, a, a single season where, you know, he just, you know, yeah, he's had that. Has he done it every year? No. But when you compile the the number of years and how he's done it, man, I mean, who else are you going to put up there? And the NFL's got a lot of great players, but Tom Brady at the most important position He's got seven Super Bowl rings, man. Like he's got five on one hand, and he's he's working on filling out the other hand. It's unreal. It's like it's like it's never it's it's never it's never been done, and I don't think it'll ever be done again. No, definitely. I I respect that take. I, the only reason I asked is because you can ask these two. It really just took me. I just started respecting Tom Brady like last year. Like <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I no, just I, didn't. I didn't appreciate the guy at first. No, I was I, always Peyton Manning. I had always been of the argument that Jerry Rice was the goat, but over time I started to be like, okay, maybe, maybe there could be two goats. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, hey, man. Jerry. Jerry was built different. I'm just saying. Yeah, Jerry. Listen, Jerry. Jerry was built built different. I think he's the greatest receiver of all time. So, um, it's one of those things, man. As a sports fan, it's good to sit around and and, and banter and talk about it a little bit. So. Listen, guys, I, I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. This has been really, really fun. I'm glad I can come on with you guys. Oh, we're yes. glad you could come on yeah. with us, too. We, uh, we you know, it. we really, really do appreciate it. All good, man. Thank you so much. You have a great rest Thank of your day. You, Booger. Yeah, anytime. Good, yep. Thank you. All right. Well, there well, that you go. Was, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> probably the biggest guest we've ever had on the podcast before. Other uh, than me. It's like, not nah, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, Kyle, you end up sticking around. But yeah, Booger McFarland, everybody. So with Booger that being McFarland. Whoa, that was cool. Uh, with that being said, let's dive right back into talking about the NFL, continuing talking about the NFL, because yes. a lot happened in week 14. A lot of craziness. Um, and I think the best way to start is with one word. Baker. Yeah, what? What happened? I That um, was a stupid throw. That was amazing. I don't know how it is. This man probably only knew four plays from the playbook and yet somehow was able to get the Rams a win. And that was a crucial win, too. I mean, they're not making the playoffs, but that was still a crucial win because they would have been eliminated from the playoff contention. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. That was a great script from the NFL. Oh, the script writers are getting paid overtime this year. Um, it's just because this is a guy who had Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry on one team. Then they had Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore on one team. Yeah. And you're telling me you can't do anything with those guys, but you can do something with Ben Swarnack and Van Jefferson. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We appreciate Thanks, it. Mike. I don't know. If it, you know what? Football is funny sometimes. Mm -hmm. Football is funny sometimes. Van Jefferson's good. I don't understand why everyone's Ben Swarnack. Okay. That one, that one. Yeah. That's, that's, did you that see one. how he caught the ball over that one dude? Ben yeah. Swarnack did that, not Van Jefferson. I couldn't believe what I was seeing with my own two eyes. 
Well, something I couldn't believe from Sunday was um, the amount of games that got pulled by Fox because uh, they were blowouts. My Bucks got humiliated so badly in America's Game of the Week by a third-string quarterback that we got pulled off the air. Rightfully so. Um, yeah, Brady's washed. We got to – I'm afraid we might not even win the South at this point because – if we lose to the Bengals next week, which we could because the Bengals are playing at a level right now that like very few teams can match. If we lose to the Bengals and Carolina beats Pittsburgh, which is possible, Carolina is going to take over control of the division and we're going to be knocked out of the playoffs at the moment. I don't yeah. know how to I feel about it. I don't see that happening. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I just, said- I don't really like Carolina too much. And it's just like, it's nothing against them. I understand Sam Darnold's hot right now and stuff like that, but like, this is Tom Brady, man. I don't give a shit. This is Tom Brady. <laughs> you feel me? Like, this is Tom Brady. I'm not. I, I'm ah, no, no. Mess me with it. I'll put my money on Brady to win that South any day of the week over any of those guys. I well, take issue with them taking games off the air. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about this, too. So we had our first official playoff clincher uh, last week. The Eagles, with a dominant win over the Giants, just embarrassed them. Kicked their uh, Have Yeah, they've clinched a playoff berth. They're the first team in, as expected. Unfortunately, if you weren't in Philly or New York, uh, you probably didn't get to see the last 15 minutes of this game because, for some reason, Fox decided to pull it from the air in favor of the Cowboys game because the Cowboys were in upset danger against the Texans. And while I respect Fox pointing, deciding to go to a better game, some people don't. Kylie, you have the floor. So you were at work with me when this happened. I survived work with you when this happened. You, sur- you survived work. That is the perfect. Uh, that's the perfect way to put it. Uh, so. At first, I thought it was just like a commercial break and they were kicking in the Cowboys game because like it was a close game and it was a commercial. And the the third quarter had just ended. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And then it kept going. <laughs> and yeah. going. Yep. And while I would love to see more than anybody else, the Cowboys lose a game. They didn't lose it, first of all. They freaking won. You get the Texans credit. They still made it close. Yeah, but you want to hear it from Cowboys fans. Um, but this this is why I can't wait to go up to the Philadelphia area and live there because, like, I have to jump through so many hoops to watch my teams play. Sometimes, a lot of the time. Like, when the Devils aren't on ESPN, I got to go this way. if Because I don't, like... The Stream East or um, Dofu Sports, that's not always reliable. You can always get kicked off of that because it gets, especially if it's on YouTube, you can always get kicked off of it. So I always appreciate when my games are being like locally televised. And then I was very irritated when they took it off the air. (laughs) If you didn't check my Twitter or weren't there with Isaac trying to survive. I can't believe we li- I lived through that. It was brutal. You're a brave one. Uh, I deserve compensation. You do. <clears throat> okay, but um, hold on. Where is it? 
So the Browns. Uh, what about the Browns? Yeah, the Browns. They're 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 the Browns. That's you know, I I, I told you guys. Well, I don't know if it was you guys, but I told <clears> you, <throat> there's somebody trying to tell me Deshaun Watson deserved to be in the same conversation as Lamar Jackson. I said, bro, that is absolutely crazy to me. This man absolutely. Deshaun Watson is trash, bro. And they were talking about wait till he comes back. Watch what the Browns do. What? No, stop it. The man, like, it, it's just like, first of all, he hasn't played in 11 weeks. Did anybody expect this man to just come out and be, you know, like Superman after, after missing a full year? You know, exactly. And then, exactly. On top of that, he missed a full year and then missed 11 weeks. Like, He's not just going to come out and be the greatest quarterback that ever played a game after missing 11 weeks and a full year on top of that. Then he has to get acclimated with the offense. Like, yeah, he's been at practice, blah, 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 but he's not officially running with the ones in game situations. So, you know, it's not going to happen like that. Then on top of that, yeah, he did come out and play. Well, actually, no, he played the Texans his first game back, and they actually actually almost beat those boys. If the Texans weren't so ass they would have beat it <laughs> but um yeah man i'm not the, the the browns let's just keep it at that that's exactly the browns what, you know the browns the browns yeah yeah i i, I um, liked how the i liked how the cincinnati crowd was letting deshaun uh, i mean sorry the predator hear it during that game they were just chanting nasty fuck you nasty fuck just, <laughs> they were they were ha- they were having him they were going off on him. Uh, yeah, speaking of Houston, they barely survived the Texans. The Cowboys. The Dallas, yeah, the Cowboys barely survived the Texans. I got to give credit to Houston. They Yes. I I, I, I liked what I saw you there. You couldn't have done me one solid. I had so many tweets in the draft just ready to go. Lovey Smith ran a double quarterback run uh, scheme where he had Jeff Driscoll come in for run plays, and for pass plays he had a Davis Mills, and they somehow still nearly pulled it off. Um. It's not something that's sustainable in the NFL, but it surprisingly worked very, very well um, for them. So I'm impressed. I, 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 Houston maybe has something got they got going. Um, another team has been eliminated officially. The Broncos are out. They lost to the Chiefs, uh, and they are Goobers of the Week. The Denver Broncos. When the season began, everybody, everybody believed, including us. I think we all said it. Denver was going to be in the conversation for the AFC West. In fact, looking back on what we said in our predictions. Oh, shit. Never mind. Ooh, I take that back. The only person who said Denver would be in contention for the AFC West was me, who had them go into the playoffs. You guys both had them finishing last in the division. Did we really? Yeah. I think we said. Oh, shit. I think we all said they would finish with winning records, but for whatever reason, yeah. I just I want to. <laughs> Broncos like, country, let's die. I just want to put this out there that I guess some people didn't know that we had Booker McFarlane coming on, and this was one of the reactions when he appeared. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But Love Denver's it. officially out. Yes. Looking at the playoff picture right now, in the AFC, Buffalo and Kansas City both at ten and three. It's going to come down to one of them winning the divi- winning the number one overall seed. Baltimore is the third seed. Tennessee is the fourth seed for now. Can someone give Lamar Jackson help, please? Yeah. For the love of God. 
Well, now they're down to their third string, Anthony Brown, because yeah, Tyler Huntley's yeah. out with a concussion. So yep. the hope is that looks eight, like eight eight will be back this week. Don't worry. He better. They they I mean they they can't lose to Cleveland. That would be embarrassing. Um in terms of the wild cards, Bengals, Dolphins, Patriots currently hold the wild card spots. Chargers and Jets are still alive in the hunt, as is Jacksonville, because Tennessee is starting to fall apart and Jacksonville is starting to come alive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Raiders, Browns, Steelers, and Colts are all technically still alive, but the Colts are on death's door. Broncos and Texans are out. In the NFC, the Eagles have clinched a playoff berth. Vikings, 49ers, and Bucks are your division leaders. Tampa Behind with MVP Jalen Hurts. Okay, okay. Um, Dallas, Washington, and the Giants are still the wildcard teams for now, but uh, at least two of those, one of those teams isn't getting in. Seattle is still in the hunt. Detroit is looking like the possible last wildcard team the way they've been playing recently. And then you have Green Bay, Carolina, Atlanta still alive. Arizona, New Orleans, Los Angeles. Technically, they're still alive, but yeah, probably not. And then Chicago has been eliminated. I had higher hopes for Chicago, man. I think we all did. With that being said, let's take a look at our game picks before we move on. I wish you could have asked Morgan what his picks were this week. Ah, oh, I do too. So last week, Calvin didn't Calvin uh, didn't make any picks because he was out on the road. So, Riley, you won the week. You finished eight and five, right ahead of me. Glad I didn't pick anything last week because I would have been red. Yeah, we uh, everyone we all we both did bad. Overall leaderboard, uh, I still lead one twenty eight and eighty. Calvin is second at one ten at eighty four. Kylie is third, one twenty one and eighty seven. So hey, I'm at second. Cal, uh, you, you have more losses than Calvin. I <laughs> have seventeen more wins. Yeah, but it's the losses. I'm like count. I'm like ten and a half games up right now. What are you talking about? Turns out Calvin not making picks last week actually was beneficial for him. Eric this is does bullshit, Eric, man. This is rigged. You can get it back this week. Don't worry. Want to keep me down? Look, all the buys are done. All the teams are playing this week, and we have a lot of fun matchups to get to. So let's start off Thursday Thank night. God finals are done because who? Now I can watch yeah. it. Thursday night football. It is the battle for the NFC West. One game to decide who is winning this division. Niners, Seahawks. Winner takes the division. Seattle did win the first matchup over the Niners. Um, earlier, no, actually, no, San Francisco did. San Francisco holds the tiebreaker, so it's a must win game for Seattle to stay alive in the hunt for the NFC West. I'm gonna take the Niners to win this one because Brock Purdy is looking legit right now. Who you guys got? Wait, who do they play? Seattle. The, I'm running with Mr. Irrelevant. Are they in Seattle? They are actually, in that Seattle. doesn't even matter anymore. I, I'm going San Fran, man. Them boys is playing lights out. I feel bad for Seattle because Geno Smith is still having an incredible season, but the team has like struggled the last couple of weeks. They're not playing at the same level. All right, Saturday. We have some Saturday games coming up with college football over outside of the bowl games. The NFL now can expand its usual late-season Saturday games. And up first, Vikings trying to put the Colts away once and for all. I got Minnesota winning this one easily. Who you guys got? Minnesota versus who? I don't know why I keep the second team. Oh, Ali? Yeah, Minnesota. You thought about it. <laughs> I did. I did because I want to. I was thinking maybe upset alert. Nah. Well, next up, NFC. Uh, excuse me, AFC North showdown: Ravens, Browns. Baltimore's got to keep, got to get a win to keep ahead of Cincinnati. 
I'm going with Baltimore to win this one if Lamar comes back. Give and me Baltimore. Not, that defense is better. Yeah, they're if, still going to win. If eight's playing, I like Baltimore. Probably. It, if Man, I like Baltimore. <laughs> general. Even if eight's not playing, I like Baltimore. <laughs> Joe Burrow's my boy, but like Kylie said, that Baltimore defense is just better, man. It's going to come down to the defense in that game. Yeah. As long as they can circle around Justin, I mean Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, they they're they're fine. Oh, they're playing the Browns, not the Bengals. They're playing the Browns, oh, not the, the Bengals. The they're fighting the Bengals for the division. Yeah, they're oh. fighting the. Yeah, I said it oh, weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ravens. Yeah. All right, <laughs> then we got Miami taking on Buffalo Saturday night in a showdown to determine who is that'll be crucial for determining who wins the AFC East. I've got Buffalo winning the rematch. <sighs> I like Buffalo too, but I just don't see Miami losing three straights. That's the crazy part. Like, yeah, two had a bad game last week. I think he might bounce back. I hate things like that. You feel me? Yeah. Like, it no. comes a division game after somebody's lost two straight, and it's like you want to pick this team, but now this team lost two straight. Uh, well, if if they do win, Miami has all the tiebreakers and a season sweep of Buffalo, so they would be in the best position to take the division if Buffalo falters late the season. And Buffalo in- hasn't looked. Buffalo hasn't looked um, phenomenal. Like we expected. They haven't been as good as we thought they were. They're still really good, but compared to the other teams in the AFC, maybe not. Uh, yeah. The game is in Buffalo, and they did have their first snow game, proper snow game of the season last week against the Jets. So it is that season where every game of Buffalo is looked at with, uh, okay, it's either going to be brutally cold, brutally windy, or we're getting four feet of snow on the field. I love four feet of snow. Give me so it Kyle, all day. Kylie, you said you're taking Miami? I'm actually going to pick Buffalo. Gotcha. Surprisingly. Give me me Buffalo, man. All right. Moving on to Sunday's early games. Up first, we got an easy one. Eagles taking on the Bears. I like the Bears. It's like, nah, give me the Eagles. (laughs) I'm going to put Kylie down for the Eagles, too. I don't even need to hear your explanation. Yeah, that's implied. I think Dolphins have got exposed. Play physical at the line with their receivers, and it seriously slows them down. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what the Chargers did last week, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Falcons, Saints, the good old clean, old-fashioned hate down in the NFC South. I'm rolling with Atlanta to win this one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a temporary Falcons are. fan this week. I, I like Atlanta too. I, I want that pick. I'm going Atlanta. All right. This is gonna. This next game is a big one for two teams that are fighting to get wild card spots. Jets. Lions, two of the biggest surprise teams this year facing off. Crucial game for both of them and try and get into wild card position. Who you guys got? Uh, Give me Mike White, man. I like Mike White. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It, it's just... Yeah. I, I, I disagree with both of you guys. That Lions offense is legit. The way they just manhandled Minnesota last week. And Minnesota, I mean, they basically gave a blueprint on how to beat the Vikings, something that a lot of other teams haven't been able to do this year for some reason, even though the Vikings have not been as good as their record says. So give me Detroit winning. Steelers-Panthers, crucial game for the Panthers. If they win and the Bucks lose, they get the t- the NFC South for now. Steelers, meanwhile, trying to desperately avoid getting having a losing season under Mike Tomlin for the first time. I got Carolina winning this one. Yeah, I, I'm going with Carolina. 
Mike said, imagine a few years ago saying the Jets left off to be a crucial game down the stretch, right? I guess in this case, Lions, Jets, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who did you say you had, Kylie? I forget. What's the matchup? Pittsburgh, Carolina. Guys, open your ears. Listen. Yeah, Carolina. Carolina. Calvin, who you got? I'm going... Mike. I'm going Carolina, too, man. They're hot right now. Yeah. All right. Speaking of hot teams, the Jaguars suddenly looking like a completely brand-new team. They face again, face off against a Dallas team that showed some cracks in the foundation last week against Houston. I'm going to take Dallas to win this, but close. It's going to be very close. I'm going with the Jags. The Texans played that game too close with the Cowboys last week, and I saw what the Jaguars did to whoever they played last week. They dismantled them, boys. Tennessee. Was it that they played? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jacksonville is now second in the AFC South. They could win it if Tennessee continues to collapse. Dude. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is oozing, just foaming at the mouth at Trevon Diggs. I don't think that Dallas is gonna lose this, but I will say it will let be me close. let me talk my shit. All right, last Dallas is losing. All right, Chiefs Texans. Come back one, to this in a week. <laughs> one of the one of the best teams in the league taking on one of the worst, but they're both coming off really strange games where the Chiefs played badly against Denver, still won, and the Texans played awesome against the Cowboys, but still lost. I'll take the Chiefs to win this one, but I, yeah. I, I'm impressed with Houston. I'm going with the Texans. I Go. say Chiefs in overtime. Texans in regulation. No. No. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Give me the Chiefs, man. <laughs> I was about to say, boy, you crazy. Think I'm betting against Pat Mahomes? That's my fantasy QB. Hell no. <laughs> Speaking of fantasy, I am in uh, fantasy. I had a uh, bye last week. Staten Island Killer Bees have one more week to assert themselves as the top seed in my fantasy league. What yes. Did I, na- did I name my fantasy team after the Wu-Tang Clan? Yes. Am I ever going to apologize? It? Hell no. Wu-Tang motherfuckers. Um, is your, is your uh, league in the playoffs right now? Uh, we have one more week to go. Uh, I think I spent uh, half of work yesterday uh, calculating all the seating necessary for everybody. Um, uh, Jonathan in the comments can confirm that. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the late games. Cardinals-Broncos, two teams with lost seasons. Kyler's out with the torn ACL. Broncos are out of the playoffs. Do we care? No, give me Denver to win this one because yeah. I don't trust Colt McCoy. I was going to say, uh, the, 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 the Denver losing has to stop eventually. Give me Denver. First off, speedy recovery to Kyler. That sucks oh, yeah. on a torn ACL. A non-cocktail yeah. injury, too, which is even worse. Like, ugh. Yeah. Um, but I still think they could win. All right. You're rocking the Colt McCoy train, I see. Yeah. Why not? Patri- Patriots are taking on the Raiders. Big game for both. Raiders trying to keep any hope of the playoffs alive. Patriots trying to hold on to the last playoff spot. They hold on. They're holding on to it for now. They're probably going to be that one team that sneaks into the playoffs that has no business being there, but they're holding on to it. Uh, And I think New England's going to win this one. My favorite baseball players are from Las Vegas. I'm going Raiders. Alvin, who you got? I got the Pats. Definitely too much time on fantasy seating. Who cares who's clutching AC when playoffs is top four? <laughs> it was just interesting to talk about. And you know what, Yo- you know what, Yoni? Some of those little guys, they need a little, uh, they need a little boost. You know, some of them have had bad seasons. 
you know, that's that's how it be. Anyway, Titans are taking on the Chargers. Titans are falling apart. Chargers are getting hot at just the right time. Another crucial game between two playoff caliber teams. I'm taking the Chargers to win this because the Titans look like garbage. Chargers, Titans suck. <clears throat> I like the Chargers too, man. They showed me something last week. Big game. Here's another. We got another big. Most of the games. I There's love so many matchup. damn games there, this week. There's some really good games this week. Yeah. Well, Thank everyone's God playing. I'm done classes on Sunday. Jesus Christ. We got the Bengals taking on the Buccaneers. Joe Burr versus Tom Brady. And let me just be the first to say that Joe Burr is going to destroy us. Kimmy Burrow. Kimmy Burrow. This is going to be the game that ruins our season. Yep. Sunday night, a massive game on Sunday. So many great matchups. Probably one of the biggest Sunday night games of the year. Washington versus the Giants. Showdown rematch from that tie. A showdown for the last playoff spot. We all, we all know all four teams in the NFC is currently He's on the playoff spots. But Let's only three can probably get it. Because one of those teams is not making it with how good the other some of the other teams are. I'm taking Washington. Washington. Left hand up. <clears throat> I Kylie, can't. do it. Left hand up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bird up. Hey, listen, man. We're going to – the NFL set it up perfectly like this, though. We had to tie because, look, now we both have the same record, you know. They lost to the Eagles last week on purpose so that, you know, the NFL set it up just like this. Yeah, on purpose. No, nah, the Eagles are good. Give us the respect. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you guys are going to beat the shit out of them anyway. But, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying is the NFL set up the tie because they knew you guys were going to beat the shit out of them. So now sure. this game here is like whoever wins is in that last playoff spot. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing. Just like they scripted Tom Brady and uh, Baker Mayfield to have the same exact 17-16 win in two days apart and shit. <laughs> yeah. Mike says, Kylie, don't pick either team. Just pick them to tie again. Best scenario. That yeah. is the best scenario. Give me a tie. I don't care. It actually as long is as the it... best scenario for both of us as well because that might, you know, yeah. speak to both of us in the playoffs. Hey, as I'm long gonna... as the Cowboys lose, I don't give a shit what happens. I'm going to just put a no, no pick for Kylie because of that. Uh, final. Our final <laughs> game of the week. No, Rams... we're, we're pick... give me a pick. I'm picking Washington. Okay, fair enough. Our Although last... I do want a tie. Our last game of the week, unfortunately. This is where you have to wonder – I feel so bad for Booger and the Monday Night Football crew because they got to go to Lambeau to watch Trash take on Trash masquerading as a football team. Rams, Packers, groan. I got the Packers. Give me Rams. Me I can't believe we're saying groan about a, a game between an a game Aaron Rodgers is involved in, but yeah, there we are. That's going to do it for the NFL picks. And what the hell? Yes, yes, we got a butt. We got yes. a bot, baby! Yes! <laughs> yes, we got a bot! Woo! Find love, love on the, on best, the best dating site. Yes, we sir. Have a sex, we have a sex bot. Let's go! <laughs> I will go You to never know what you're going to hear when we get on the podcast, man. Let's wow. go. We got a bot. I saw that pop up, and I thought, who's this? And just, wow. That's amazing. 18sex.xyz. I will search that up, Mysterious. No, you bot. won't. <laughs> no, of course not. I know I'm not an idiot. Let's talk about baseball real quick. We got um let's uh let's get through the rest of the sports. Kind of a quiet week, but in baseball. In baseball. So <laughs> big news last night. Yeah, Giants are signing Carlos Correa. And uh took them long well, enough to find somebody to take their money. Same with the Padres. 
I know, and all I'm going to say to that is just, you know, well, it's like every team that I like, you know, they signed Carlos Correa, and immediately I'm like, I can't like them anymore. So, unless he comes to the Yankees. Which he won't, because that's a huge contract. I mean, all these contracts are making Bryce Harper look cheap. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of contracts, Kenley Jansen also is uh, signing with the Red Sox, uh, which... um, Red Sox fans actually didn't take that well. <laughs> no, they did not. The article talking about is how Red Sox fans are just booing him already. I, I mean, I just feel bad for Red Sox fans at this point. I mean, I, I don't like the Red Sox and any Boston team. Um, I hate you guys with the passion, and I hope you guys just lose every single game for your history. But at some point, you just feel bad for the actual fans because that's the second like star player that left because the, the team wouldn't pay him. They had Mookie bets. Mookie freaking bets. And they, so just, ended up. They, just, they just traded him. There's a squirrel in my backyard eating out the trash. It's funny. <laughs> What is happening? No, but that that's the second time, and it's because they wouldn't pay him. And, like, at least us three are have a team with owners that are willing to spend. Like, the Yankees, I mean, well, they did only... You, you see that money we just spent. Dude, y'all are stupid with your money. Um, that was really but... Owners. I mean, the Yankees are known to spend money. They will throw whatever money they, you know, because New York is, the Yankees are, like, what the Cowboys aspire to be, a brand and a good team. Mm -hmm. So when you have that in one of the biggest cities in the United States, easy. Um, Same with the Mets. Exact same with the Mets. And they have the richest owner in baseball. Won't, won't help them with anything, but, you know. No, it won't. But at least they're spending money to try. Hey, man, that bullpen is looking healthy. Yeah, I'm terrified of Rolander. And just, like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with the Mets exactly, but it's whatever. We're fine. Um and we have two $300 million players on our team. So we, we have about, owners. Can we talk hmm? about Carlos Rodon's uh, going to the Yankees or maybe he's going not, to the Yankees? Maybe. He's not going maybe, to the Yankees. Not maybe. But he could. He's going to Baltimore. He could, he could go to the Yankees. He could. And I could also win a million dollars right now, but that's not going to happen. True. True. Well, last thing to talk about baseball. This is a little sad. Um, there were a lot of major deaths this past week uh, in sports or just in in the world in general. Um, one that kind of got overshadowed was uh, Kurt Simmons, the former Philly ace. Uh, Simmons played with the Phillies from 1947 to 1960, was a three-time All-Star, eventually left to go ring chasing and won a World Series with the Cardinals in 1964. Uh, yeah, he uh, quietly passed away at the age of 93, so... Great pitcher, legendary pitcher Rest for the Phillies. Peace. Rest in peace. Uh, also, I just found this out today. I just want to shout this out. Uh, well, actually, this and a couple others I want to shout out quickly. Um, some other because there were a lot of people I got to shout. Rest in peace, Mike Leach, 
head coach of uh, Mississippi State and probably one of the best, most innovative football coaches of all time at the college level, tragically passed away due to complications from, I believe, a heart condition. Um, Yeah, rest in peace, Mike Leach. He was one of the funniest and most down-to-earth and in some cases strangest guys in college football. His mind was always just – his mind was fascinating. And he he truly is – he truly will be missed. Also, not sports related, but I have to I have to mention this because it just happened. Uh, if you grew up in the 2000s and ever watched the show, so you think you can dance. Uh, Twitch, who was the DJ for the Ellen DeGeneres show and was a runner up there, passed away um, this morning as what TMZ is reporting as uh, suicide. So condolences to his family. Uh, rest in peace. And this is just to, to everyone out there who's listening or will listen to this. If you're ever, if you ever find yourself in a situation like that reach out to somebody don't be afraid there's always somebody to talk to i can assure you of that there's yeah there's two things actually with both of them so with twitch yes absolutely reach out to anybody i mean people are willing to listen so i promise you just talk and of course rest in peace condolences to his family friends everybody uh, and second, as somebody with a heart condition, keep track of, like, be aware. It could happen for anybody. So just be aware. She knows what she's yeah. talking about. Be nice. aware of it. Take take care. Like, listen to your body. 100%. I, I, uh, speaking on heart conditions, I had a friend who died of a heart condition at 23 years old. So it, it definitely can happen in people our age as well. Don't think it's just old people around here. No. I remember when I was, I believe, 21, I had to wear a device for about 24 hours to monitor my heart because my heart rate was faster than normal. Did I hate it? Yeah. Was it? Could I sleep with it? No. Was it uncomfortable? Yes, I hated it. But at the end of the day, it proved there was nothing wrong. And yeah, there, it's, it's better to be safe than be sorry. So. Just because you're afraid of the news you might get related to a checkup, you still got to go to get it checked up and like fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So. so rest in peace to all those who passed away this past week. Uh, with that being said, let's wrap up the show by talking about baseball. I mean, not baseball, but basketball and hockey. Real quick, just want to point this out. World Cup sem- uh, semifinals are going on right now. France has scored nine minutes into the game. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Damn, I meant to watch that. I about it. Well, right. well, there we go. I just got nine minutes into the game, France scored. I told you the boys is serious. They're not playing around. I want Argentina to win so bad. Argentina is not winning. France I, is ridiculous. I, I, France I, is ridiculous. I admit, uh, yeah, Calvin's right. And we can't have a back-to-back though. That that shouldn't prevent. That should be prevented. Like, what's wrong with having back-to-back? It's just they're the best team in the world. When mm-hmm. Messi and Ronaldo haven't won one, some of the greatest greatest players of all time never won. I know. Yeah, Stockton and Malone never won. Yep. Yeah. Um, Charles Dan, Mar- Dan Marino, Charles oh, Barkley, you know, I could go on and on, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. There, I even went to the, the far out reaches of motorsport. Some of the best don't win it, whatever. Um, yep. let's talk about the NBA real quick. So they renamed all of their trophies that they give out. Hate it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what they were. So we got the Michael Jordan MVP trophy. Okay. Fair enough. He did win pretty much every MVP award there was to win. Um, the Hakeem Olajuwon Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Okay, fair enough. He was a defensive wall. I get it. Maybe a little overkill naming it, but okay. 
the John Havlicek Sixth Man of the Year trophy. Um, they even added a new one. Yeah, the they should have gave that. They should have gave that Sixth Man Manu Ginobili. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no offense to Havlicek, but he was only a sixth man when he started his career because the Celtics had so many stars. He became a starter during the 70s and was awesome. Give it to Manu Ginobili. Ginobili deserves that award. The Wilt Chamberlain Rookie of the Year Award. Fair enough. He had an amazing rookie year, but was it the greatest rookie year ever? I've never even seen a Wilt Chamberlain highlight, bro, so I don't even know how you can name something after him, bro. Like, yeah, I should go to Wes Unsell. Didn't he win the Rookie of the Year and the MVP that year? Probably. Or I think so, of somebody else from the Wizards. Who the final one it. is the George Mikan Most Improved Player Trophy, and I just got No, nope, there's this. another one. There's another one, too? Clutch. The, who, who who did they name it after? I don't remember. I gotta check that out. Go, go, go ahead and talk while I search it. So, George Mikan Most Improved Player of the Year Award. I have some issues with this because... George Mikan was amazing throughout his entire career. He was the first superstar of the NBA. He was always amazing. If you're going to name an award after the most improved player, why don't you name it after a guy who like flourished in their later career after being bad in the first part of their career? Like name me a player. Someone name me a player who like, you know, cause I'm drawing a blank right now. I'll be honest with you. He's still in the league right now, but Steph Curry struggled in his first couple of years in the league. First three, four years in the league. He, he, he struggled a little bit. It wasn't until, like, that fourth year that it really clicked on. Yeah. You got to give it to Steph Curry. Give it to Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, Nowitzki's Dirk. first couple. Dirk. Steve Nash. There you go. Steve Nash. Remember Steve Nash when he was – um Jerry West, was... most clutch. Who? Jerry West, most clutch. Oh, wait, Jerry. I thought you said Kerry West. Jerry – Jerry West is already the face of the league. He he's the silhouette yes, on the NBA logo. I, I I mean I know they have the MVP award after him and stuff like that, but I you feel me? And I think LeBron's the greatest in the world. But if you're talking about most clutch, actually forget that. Why the hell they didn't name that after Kobe Bryant? What in yes. the world? Yes. I can't even lie though. These trophies look fire. Though the trophies look great, it's just we don't need to name them at the naming of the players is of them after players is what's weird. Kobe Bryant yeah. is most clutch. Yeah. See, and this this is the issue with it because it's going to obviously spark debates. It's another thing to get people talking, which is another thing to get people talking about the NBA and another thing to get people arguing and fighting and trying to kill each other over who deserves it more. Just like Embiid and Jokic, which we all know Embiid should have gotten, but it's just like that. It should be named after a player defender of the North. The problem is the players that they chose, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Like, See, now, see, Jerry West, see? Yeah, Jerry West. See? Was Jerry West clutch? Probably. But was he the cl- most clutch player of all time? I don't know. The George Mikan most approved doesn't make sense because Mikan was a beast from when he first started. Where's the Charles Barkley most violent player award? I think that would nah, go nah, nah, the Nah, nah. No, the most violent player award goes to anyone who played on those uh, Pistons teams of the early 2000s or uh, or those Pacers. Anyone involved in that Pistons-Pacers that, brawl? That's what I'm saying. Ron Artest. Yeah. That's, that's Ron Artest. <laughs> I was looking up the the trophies because I couldn't remember. Yeah, you'll notice Defender of the North sometimes we'll uh yeah, we always have our phones on us just in case so we can breaking you know, news or whatever for reactions. And check to make sure we're getting it right because the last thing I want to do is give you all false information because I've done yes. that before, my mistake. Yes. <sighs> Jonathan says they call Jerry West Mr. Clutch, but the finals record says something else. Yeah, to he's like fair, one for what? Like to be fair, to be fair. 
It's the '60s. You're not beating Boston. Yeah, I know. I they they have so many documentaries about the about the Lakers and the Celtics throughout the years, and there's one on Apple TV that I just finished watching about Magic, is great. Um, but there is one on, I believe, ESPN Plus, which not a lot of people have, but it's on ESPN Plus, and it goes into, or is it on Netflix? It's one of the two. Or no, it's on Hulu. Sorry, it is on Hulu for sure, and it goes through all the years of the Lakers and Celtics from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And they have Ice Cube doing the Lakers, and they have Mark Wahlberg doing the Celtics. It's a great documentary. I loved watching it. Uh, That nobody is beating those Celtics in the earlier days of basketball. Nobody. Team was just stacked. Nah, it's ridiculous. Let's take a look at the standings and the stat updates for baseball, not baseball, basketball, before we move over to uh, the NHL. Kyle, you want to give us our uh, rundown? Yes, I got you. All All right. right. So for standings in the Eastern Conference, we have, for number one, we have Boston, two is Milwaukee, three is Cleveland, four is Brooklyn, five is Philly, six is the Knicks, Seven is Atlanta, eight is Indiana, nine is Toronto, and ten is Miami. So that's the playoff structure picture. And then just out of it is Chicago at 11, Washington at 12, Orlando at 13, Charlotte at 14, and Detroit at 15. So if the playoffs started about 29 games into the season, you would have Atlanta facing Indiana for that seventh seed. The loser of that plays the winner of Toronto and Miami for the eighth seed. And then the winner of that matchup would play the Bucks. The winner of the seventh seed between Atlanta and Indiana would play Boston. And then it'd be Cleveland play New York. And what do we have here? We have Philly playing Brooklyn in the first round if it were to end today. Could you imagine if that happens? Philly playing it. Brooklyn for a playoff in the playoffs? I want it. I want it. So then in the West, <clears throat> you have the <clears throat> excuse me. You have the <clears throat> Pelicans at number one, just doing so well this year with the healthy Zion. With the same record is Memphis, the Grizzlies. And then at three is the Nuggets. Four is the Suns. Five is the Blazers. Six is the Clippers. Seven is the Kings. Are we actually going to get to see the Kings in the playoffs? We'll see if that holds up. You have the Jazz at eight, the Mavericks at nine, and the Warriors at ten. And that finishes off the playoff picture. The winner of the Kings in the Utah game would play the Grizzlies. And the loser of that game would play the winner of Dallas and Golden State. And then the winner of that one would play the Pelicans in the playoffs. And then just missing out at 11 is the Timberwolves. 
12 is the Lakers, 13 is the Thunder, 14 is the Spurs, and 15 is the Rockets. So that's just endings. Yes, it was a fire documentary. I'd 100% recommend watching any documentary about the Lakers and the Celtics. It is amazing to watch. Tell in your history about it. <clears throat> but yeah, so then... That's that's what we got so far for the NBA. Nothing too, too much this year, this week. All right. I'm going to end you guys on this question, though. Are the Pelicans a serious contender right now? Yes, them boys been playing different. Zion is finally starting to show that potential that we all hoped he had. I like it. I want, I, I want more of it. <laughs> They're all right. I guess so. I like them, too. I like them. I don't know if I would say, like, maybe they're that one team this year that we unexpected that, like, weren't expected to do this well and they're going to go pretty far. So maybe that's what that situation is this year. There's always a team that does it. I'd like to see the Pelicans do it. It puts them on the map and gets them more fans. So that'd be cool. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, and on that note, we end this podcast. Thank you guys so whoa, much. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, we're, 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 we're just going to skip hockey? Oh, we didn't do hockey? Duh. I can give you guys a rundown of hockey really quick. Jeez, I forgot Kylie. we didn't do hockey, my man. Come my on, bad. Kylie. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're going to do hockey. I'll, I'll make it quick because we are running a little over, but we had Booger on the show, so it's okay. Here's a quick hockey update. Uh, in the Atlantic, Boston has uh, – uh, it is a three-point gap between Boston and Toronto. They're fighting hard for that. Um, in the Metropolitan, the Devils are continuing to kick everyone's ass. In the yeah, Central, we're, still, we're on like a three-game losing streak right now. Yeah, in the Central, Dallas has retaken the lead from Winnipeg. They're two-point gap between them. And in the Pacific, it is all Vegas, and Seattle is still holding on to second. Yay. Uh, good for him. By the way, Alex Ovechkin is getting closer and closer to surpassing Gordy Howe in, ter- in total goals scored. Um, Congrats to Ovi on your 800th career goal. Yeah. Off a hat trick, of all things. In terms of um, in terms of the stats, uh, McDavid leads in points with 59 and in goals with 26. Uh, leader in plus minus is Hampus Lindholm. Nope, I hit the wrong guy. It's Joe Pavelski of Dallas with a plus minus of 20. Uh, it's actually a tie between him and Hampus Lindholm with 20. In terms of goals against average, it's uh, Ilya Samsonov of Toronto with 1.7. Save percentage is Samsonov with .939. Linus Ulmark is leading with wins with 17, though. So there you go. There's hockey. It is uh, basically just uh, Boston and New Jersey's world, and we're all living in it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. Now you can close us out, Kylie. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah. So ending it on that officially because I'm scatterbrained. Um, ah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it was a blast having Booger on. We are brought to you by Fired Up Sports. We have so many podcasts we ought to listen to. They are all great. Go listen to Bell Smashers, that new pod that came out. It's pretty good. Yeah, I hear it's pretty good. Yeah, I think I feel like they should have some Yankees fans on. <laughs> hey, we'll see. Uh, again, thank you to Booger. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys next week. Peace, everybody. <laughs>